Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's hey friends, let welcome back to right another now. episode of Wise. I am excited today because I got this like, what is this thing called? It's like those foamy things that people use in recording studios and it goes around my microphone. I'll share a picture on Instagram at some point, but I hope it improves the sound. I'm really, I liked the sound before, but I'm really trying to make this podcast as high quality as possible. And a big part of that comes down to the sound. So I've always used the same microphone. I have the Blue Yeti. I record in my office and this microphone has lasted me this long. So I'm going to keep writing it out until... It doesn't work anymore, I think, or until I am moved to buy a new microphone. Before we get started into this episode on non-negotiables for your nutrition plan, I wanted to remind you that Intuitive Macros starts this coming Tuesday, January 11th. It's my signature six-week nutrition program, and it is the last nutrition program that you will ever do. I'm not going to say too much about it because I've talked about it a bunch over the last several weeks, but you essentially get starting macros customized by me. You get six weeks of face-to-face group coaching calls with me so I can help you troubleshoot. I can support you. You get unlimited access in a Facebook group and you get access to all of my nutrition content. And this is essentially a one-stop shop. So we go over nutrition, we go over psychology, metabolism, movement. We talk a lot about self-love and self-integrity. And we also lastly talk about cooking and meal prep, which you know I love talking about because I think that that's a really big missing piece in a lot of nutrition programs because you have to implement the work, right? And it can't be complicated. So if you want to sign up for that, again, it starts on January 11th, Tuesday, and you can either go to the link in the show notes, or you can go to my Instagram bio, which has the link, or you can send me a DM and we can talk if you have any questions. Today, I wanted to go over really 10 non-negotiables that you need in a nutrition plan. There is so much conflicting information out there with nutrition. And I know this because of what I used to think as a former chronic dieter. And because I talk to you all every single day and I hear in my client calls sort of the thought processes that happen and I talk to you in my DMs and I get a lot of questions around like, should I do this thing? Should I do this other thing. What about this? What about this? It doesn't really matter what plan you do as long as they follow nutrition principles. So every plan works because it follows the things that I'm about to talk about. So there is nothing special. Right now I've been hearing a lot about like Octavia, 
which is like the new thing. Do not do that. Uh, Weight Watchers. I got a question around keto. I'm not going to even go into keto. I do absolutely do not recommend it. Short-term weight loss. You will not have long-term weight loss on keto and it will make you nuts. I promise. Um, any other plan, like Whole30, whatever it is. And the only reason these things work is because they follow these things. There is nothing special about these plans. There is nothing special out there. And the reason that I think we like to overcomplicate ourselves is because it allows us to procrastinate. If something is really complex, then we don't have to get started and we don't actually have to do it. If we just like obsess over which diet we have to do and what am I going to eat and, and oh my God, it prevents us from taking action, right? It's like worrying about these things takes up mental real estate that I could spend tough love time, but taking action and actually doing things. And the thing with food, especially if you're listening to this podcast, is that food isn't just food for a lot of us. We're sensitive. Food is something that is very um, complicated for many of us. And that's okay. So I think that because it is something that we use to control and obsess over, there's this fear that can happen sometimes where we start thinking, if I don't have this thing that takes up my brain space and all my bandwidth, then what am I going to do? What am I going to obsess? Then I actually have to like deal with myself. And again, I know this because this is me. (laughs) This was me. And I know each of this, all of these steps so intimately because this was my whole life pretty much up until, I don't know, 15 years ago or so maybe 12 years ago. Uh, But I've been studying this and for so long. And this is why I'm so passionate about bringing you this information, because I want you to be an informed consumer. I want you to be someone who knows what they're doing and they can feel really equipped with all of the things that they need to do with their food. And when it comes to weight loss, I am a fan, obviously, of doing it responsibly But I also want you to heal your relationship with food and not have food take up so much of that brain space. You can go do other things and focus on things that actually matter. Because what happens is that we focus on this, we lose all the weight, we get to our quote unquote dream body, we white knuckle, we're miserable, and then we get there and we're like, oh my God, this wasn't the answer, which means the weight isn't going to stay. It's not going to stay off. In order for it to stay off, you need to have an emotional component. I think that you need to have a spiritual component and we need to be able to really get to that place where we look at these behaviors. So multifaceted, lots of different things, but let's get into sort of these non-negotiables. I've already said that like three times, but these are the things that really matter when it comes to choosing a nutrition plan. And spoiler alert, Intuitive Macros does all of these things in depth. And I feel like there is magic in this information because it's simple and we can actually take action on it. So the first thing is that a plan needs to have a focus on calories. Portions matter. When I was doing paleo, I was I really, really thought this was like, t- I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. I truly thought that if I just ate paleo foods or Whole30 foods that like I would lose weight. So clean eating is not fat loss friendly all the time. 
because when I was doing keto, I would just eat like avocado and cheese and beef and uh, eggs and like tuna and uh, olive oil. Nut, oh my God, so many nuts. Um, and I would eat so many calories and I would gain weight. And it's because I didn't have calorie balance, appropriate calorie balance. So in order to lose weight, you need to eat less calories than you burn to maintain. That would be your um, uh, maintenance calorie. That would be your deficit calories. In order to maintain your weight, you need to eat at maintenance calories or your TDEE, total daily energy expenditure, which is going to be your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, which is essentially what you burn at rest plus your activity level. And it's going to obviously be more. So people aren't eating enough. Like, let's just say that right now. And in order to gain weight, you need to eat more than your body burns. So it's simple math. And obviously there's a lot of like psychological things that go into here and metabolic issues. For example, if you have been dieting for a really long time, you might need to do a reverse diet to get your metabolism in a better place. If you're eating nothing right now and you want to lose weight, there's no place for you to go. You have to add food back. This is an uncomfortable process. Trust me, I know the last thing you want is to lose weight right now at this moment, but you it eating less is not the answer. We're going to go into that in a little bit, but calories matter. Number two, there must be a focus on protein. Calories determine weight loss and weight changes, but protein determines fat loss and body composition. This is because the more protein we eat, the more muscle we build and maintain as long as we're resistance training. So protein literally has the amino acids and building blocks that need to go into our muscles in order to build muscle. So if you are not eating protein, I think most people at a minimum we need about 100 grams per day. And this takes time. I talk about it all the time, how it is still a struggle for me to get all the protein in that I need to. I usually have between 120 and 130 per day. 130 is like a really, um, like a day that I've paid a lot of attention and that I've put in effort. 120, 115, I can get to pretty easily, but this takes effort and this takes sort of a change in the way that we think about food. But we must have protein to maintain our muscle mass, which will then allow for a faster metabolism, which will allow us to burn more calories at rest. So this is the difference between needing to go out and burn a shit ton of calories versus having your body just do it on its own. Protein is also really important because it helps you stay satisfied and full. And if you're in a deficit, it's important that we eat as many calories as possible and that we say stay satiated throughout that process. So protein is really important. It also eliminates like that snacky feeling. Uh, it helps you stay calmer on your meals. It gives us the happy neurotransmitters in our brain. So I'm a big fan of eating protein. Number three is eating as many calories as possible with a focus on sustainability. So will we lose weight if we slash our calories? Of course. But what happens is that the metabolism is adaptive. So it adapts to whatever intake we give it. So let's say we start eating 800 calories right now. We will down-regulate to, that, to have that be our norm. And that's 
the amount that you will need to eat in order to maintain your weight because it adapts. It can also adapt back up, which is reverse dieting, which we will talk about at some point. I don't know if we're going to get to it in this podcast, but we need to, from the beginning, eat as many calories as possible in order for us to feel happy and satiated. And so we will actually want to show up every day on this eating plan and and the things that we do. So I just want you to keep that in mind. Like, could you slash your calories further? Of course, but the weight's going to come back just as quickly. We want to eat as much as we can while losing weight and really, you know, stay in that sweet spot. So from the beginning, you have to think, how can I be as comfortable and happy as possible? And you're going to be miserable if you slash them too much. You might think, oh my gosh, it's going to take too long. What's the alternative though? The alternative is losing weight really quickly and and being miserable the whole time and then having it all come back versus having it take maybe twice as long. Maybe it takes three months or even four months or six months, depending on your metabolic state and how much weight you have to lose. But then you actually get to keep it and you never need to worry about this again. So be willing to go slow and be willing to have adequate calories. The next thing is if you've been dieting on low calories for years, eating less won't help. So I kind of talked about this a little bit ago, but we adapt to whatever intake we feed ourselves. So if you've been eating low calorie for a long time, you need to spend time adapting to a higher intake in order to lose fat. So let's say we're at 800 calories. Uh, This is literally a scenario that has happened multiple times with my clients come in eating 800 calories. Some clients I have eating 1,000 to 1,200. They've done that for like 10 years. And when they come to me, they're desperate. They're like, I need to lose this right now. I need to change my body. And it's understandable. The desperation is understandable because like we've been doing something for so long, it's miserable and we haven't seen any results. Like it's so frustrating. And the last thing you want to do is increase your calories, but that's the only way that it's going to happen. And sometimes we need to stay there for two months, three months. We need to spend time increasing our calories so we can move that TDEE, total daily energy expenditure, up to, let's say, 1,800. I literally just had a client that I'm doing this with right now. She came to me eating about 1,000. Now she's around 1,700. I want to get her to about 1,850, 1,900 before I bring her back down to like 1,600, 1,500 for a short period of time so she can actually lose fat. Deficits are like get in, get out, do them quickly, like sustainably, and um, like don't be in the deficit for too long because it's a stressor. And that's another reason why we need to upregulate again because it's inherently a stressor on our bodies when we do this. So I know that's tough. I know you don't want to do a reverse diet. I don't know you don't want to prolong your weight loss, but it's literally the only option. And you're going to have to go through this process of increasing your calories. So it's not a matter of if, but when. And sometimes we need support through that and that's okay. Another thing that I talked about in the beginning is that we need to have a focus on mindset, behaviors, and habits. So we need to look at like the internal state of the way we think. So long-term change comes from slow and steady shifts in our behavior over a long period of time. And focusing on our behaviors yields more results 
than focusing on just your results, right? Like if we just like commit to the behaviors, then the results can happen when they happen. If we just focus on the results, the results take longer because then there's urgency and we're obsessed. And the first thing that we need to do with weight loss is remove urgency. We have to let it take as long as it takes. And I know that's uncomfortable. I know that like it's not probably what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. You also need to explore and unravel the reasons why you eat to soothe yourself outside of hunger and work to find ways to regulate yourself without food. Another super hard thing, like these habits are ingrained sometimes for decades. So it's going to be super uncomfortable to change habits, to stay present, to do all these things. But again, it's the only way. And I'm only concerned with your long-term success and your longevity and your happiness. And while for me, it would be much more marketable if I was like, hey, let's lose 10 pounds immediately. It is not ethical. This is a giant problem in the US, everywhere, like even in Latin culture. Oh my God, don't even get me started. I come from Latin culture. There's an obsession with weight loss and bodies. So it's no wonder that we feel this way. But, and it's no wonder that like there's so much marketing. It's a giant moneymaker. Like $62 billion industry is a diet industry. And the reason it's thrive, the reason it's thriving is because it has repeat customers that need to go back again and again and again because it doesn't work. Because the calories are too low, because we don't deal with our emotional issues and the reasons why we eat and we uh, stay soothing ourselves with food in a way that doesn't work. And again, there's nothing wrong with this. This is literally millions of women. This is me, all my clients. But I need to tell you the truth about this. So we need to be responsible about it so that we can actually do something about it and then just like leave behind the struggle forever. Next thing is consistency and imperfection over intensity and perfectionism. So we want a diet that's going to be super intense and perfect. But remember, the more rigid you are, the more fragile you will be. We need flexibility. And that comes with consistency. So I would rather, instead of you being, let's play out this scenario, you be perfect for, let's say, 15 days, perfect, not a bite of anything else, but something's going to happen. At some point, your spouse is going to tell you, hey, I want to go eat uh, barbecue tonight, or you're going to have a birthday party where like your mom makes your favorite cake that you haven't had in three years and like you're really going to want it. Something is going to happen and we need to be prepared for that. And usually if we're being perfect and we're trying to be super intense, when something like that happens, we throw it all away and we like it gets broken very quickly and then we binge and we go on the other side, we say F it. I wasn't perfect, might as well just throw in the towel. It's like the effort mentality. It's the might as well mentality. It's the what the hell. Might as well, I ruined it a little bit. Might as well just ruin it fully. Might as well like get my money's worth. (laughs) Not even money's worth, but like might as well make this fuck up worth it by making making it into like an epic fuck up. And this is the way we think around food. So Imagine if we just had a consistency where you were, you know, you stayed on plan for three days and then your mom's cake was there. You enjoyed the cake. You were mindful. 
you learned how to do it, which I teach you how to like, I teach you how to include anything in intuitive macros. And then you just get on it the next day. That is life. We have to be, you will be imperfect. Like we have to be willing to be imperfect so we can move on. If we have the expectation of perfection, it's too rigid and it will break. And we need to keep that in mind. The next thing is including your favorite foods and your life. You must be able to include things that you love daily, something, and you must be able to live your life outside of your house sometimes. So in a perfect world, we would just eat at home and prepare all of our meals and know exactly what's in them. But that's also not real life. It's not realistic to think that that is going to be the only way that we will eat. We need to be prepared for vacations, for social events, um, for date nights, for anniversaries, anything special, like these things are going to happen and food is going to be there and we have to be prepared for that. And you also need to learn how to include your favorite foods. Now, I do think that food boundaries are important too. This doesn't mean that like just because everything is included and you can't have anything doesn't mean that like our whole day has to be filled with things that, you know, don't make us feel awesome or unhealthy, or let's say less nutrient dense, but you can fit them in sometimes. I like to think of a framework, like what can I have daily or like, not what can I, but what works best for me to have. I can have anything at any time that I want, but I use my relationship with food and my way of eating as a way to feel really good in my life. And if I deviate from, you know, the way that I eat, there's consequences for that you know, I have to stay fresh. I have to be sharp. I run my own business and like, I have to show up at my fullest capacity. And of course there's moments where like I have things, maybe I'm a little tired the next day, but it's super worth it. And because of that, I have boundaries around food and I have things that I have daily, things that I have a couple times a week, things that I have maybe weekly, monthly, and then even less than that. And like, that's okay. That's what makes me feel good. But I know that I can have them at any time. And that's really important to me. So it leaves that possibility open of like, yeah, I could have ice cream if I wanted to. Or if someone says like, hey, let's go get a pastry and I'm in the mood, I'll go do it even if it wasn't planned because I know that I'm consistent most of the time. So something like that isn't going to have a giant effect. Just last weekend, it was my partner's birthday and we literally ate cupcakes the whole weekend. And the weekend before that, for Christmas, we ate cookies like those frozen and baked cookies by Sweet Lauren's. They're gluten-free and vegan. They're actually delicious. We ate them literally the whole time. (laughs) And it was so good. And it was enjoyable. It was holiday. It was birthday. It was so good. And then I moved on. And it's not a big deal. The next thing, number eight, is flexibility over meal plans and complicated recipes. The problem with meal plans is that If you have a list of things that you're going to eat, which is a meal plan, okay, for breakfast, you're going to have this, for your lunch, you're going to have this, for your dinner, you're going to have this. What is going to happen when you can't have that? When like life happens and the thing that you wanted on the restaurant menu isn't there, or your mom doesn't have, you're supposed to have chicken and broccoli, your mom doesn't have that. You need to learn this skill of eating so that you can go anywhere and feel confident and equipped. So we need to be flexible. We need to learn how to eat so we can have the confidence to navigate any situation to feel, to fit our goals. 
Number nine, almost done, is tracking of some sort or a template model. So having some sort of structure and organization. I heard of this analogy the other day that I thought was amazing, that the reason intuitive macros is uh, very effective is because it it incorporates structure while allowing for flexibility and like your own intuition and your own life and things that you want to eat. And I like to think of, or I heard this analogy that was, if we think of like a river and flowing water, the, the bank, like the environment keeps the water, um, in the river (laughs) It doesn't flow everywhere, right? It it flows in a contained manner. If we didn't have the bank, then the water would just go everywhere, right? And it would be a giant mess. So th- think of that, like you're the flowing water and then we have structure that allows us to make things a little bit easier. It actually allows things to happen. And for us, I think as eaters, as sensitive women, I think that for many of us, we need structure and discipline, loving structure and discipline, more of like a loving devotion to show up in the way that we need to. That is super important. And we need to have, if you're, there is a spectrum of ways that you can track. You can write things down with pen and paper. You can track in an app. You can use a template model, which means like, okay, this is what your plate should look like. There has to be some sort of structure or you're just going to go all over the place and it's not going to be good, especially if you're an emotional eater not having structure is not good. So tracking also ensures a set of data that can be adjusted and it's the most efficient path to fat loss. Intuitive eating at the beginning is great in theory, but it's not a starting point if we have goals. And again, there's a a spectrum with how strictly we want to track. I think that there are ways to flexibly track and I teach all of that in intuitive macros, but having some sort of data helps us adjust. If you don't have the data, then it's kind of like throwing spaghetti on the wall and being like, well, I hope this works. And I think we also have to get um, honest with ourselves about what we are willing to do and the goals that we have. So like, let's say we have a fat loss goal, but we're not willing to track. Then we need to either be willing to track or we need to let go of that goal. But still wanting that goal while being unwilling to track is, uh, what's that called? Oh my gosh. Cognitive dissonance where like, I'm not sure if that's a psychological term, but I think it is where like we want something and then we're not willing to do it. And it just causes this like clashy energy and it wastes energy. So we need to get real with ourselves of either like, if I'm not willing to do this, which is totally fine, it's absolutely okay. But I think that we need to come to peace with these things. Either need to come at peace, come to peace with what is required of the goal, or we need to come to peace. If we're not willing to do that, we need to come to peace with the fact that like we might not lose fat or it might go very slowly, or it might be a little bit more, we'll have more fluctuations. This isn't good, bad, or more worthy, nothing. It's just like, how can I tell myself the truth about what I'm doing and how it relates to my goals so I can be efficient and I don't have to, um, you know, have that, like, I want it and I don't. And it just, there's so many other things to worry about. And I think there's also work involved at becoming at peace. For example, I've said this many times, like, I don't ever want to be a bodybuilder or like a competitor beyond stage. 
I am not willing to do that. I am not willing to eat that perfectly. Like I'd rather have 10 extra pounds on my body than, and like have my life with those 10 extra pounds than like be 10 pounds less and just like live in a vacuum. That's me. Your goal could be different and that's perfectly okay. I think we just need to be 100% real with ourselves about what these things take and what we're willing to do. Lastly, there has to be other measures of data besides the scale. So the scale is one measure, but there has to be a focus on our mental health, level of food obsession, mood, libido, skin, hair, nails, performance, and strength. These things matter too. And with fat loss, there are going to be scale fluctuations. It's going to take longer. These things are totally okay. We just have to be aware of these things because when we lose weight, it's muscle, it's water, it's fat. And we want to retain muscle. So we can actually change our body composition completely and not lose any weight at all. When we change our body composition, essentially means we gain muscle and we lose fat to then reveal our physique and you know the the frame that we have built. So muscle, like fat doesn't turn into muscle. There's two different tissues. So again, I weigh, I look the same now than I than I did when I was that I did when I was 10 pounds less because my body is more muscular and it you know the scale doesn't tell us how much fat we've lost or muscle we've gained and those things are really important and it's common for those people for people like us that might lift to just be a little more dense because we have more muscle and that's okay so having measures of data besides the scale are important the last thing as a bonus that I'm going to say is education around hyperpalatable foods. There's a lot of intuitive eating accounts out there that just say like, have as much as this of this as you want and like include anything at all times. It doesn't account for, yes, there, there is a, a, a certain allure that we lose when a food is allowed, right? But at the same time, there is... Um, like you're not as interested or obsessed with the food, but at the same time, it doesn't change the nature of the food. It doesn't mean that like if we have sugar for breakfast, that we're not going to want sugar for lunch. It just it has physiological and psychological impacts. So I think we need to educate ourselves on the nature of hyperpalatable foods and really ask ourselves, like, is it worth it for me to keep this food in my life? Or with which frequency can I eat it so that it doesn't affect my my body and a brain in a way that I don't want to. For example, I always use this example, but like I've never wanted to eat five apples, but I have easily wanted to eat five cupcakes. One of them overrides the brain signals. There's this, this isn't vilification either. It's just truth and being equipped and aware and having all of the information so you can make your informed decisions. Got kind of heated in this podcast episode, but I wanted to make sure that we are very clear around these nutrition principles and mostly so that you can be an educated consumer and you can be an educated person as you are making a decision for what to do. You could use my free content that I have on Instagram and my free webinars and you could create a plan for yourself, 100%. Like, If you go to my Instagram profile and you look at the guides, you can figure out your maintenance calories, your fat loss calories. I have two free webinars all about how to 
count your macros. And I have one called Sugar School, which talks about hyperpalatability. They're free. They're in my Instagram bio link. You can also go to ashleypardo.com slash Instagram. They're all there. You could use that and construct your own fat loss plan. And you could get a lot of like the psychological part of it too, which is really important. Just and from the podcast. There's a lot of stuff in this podcast too. Intuitive Macros though has support. It has a little more cooking information. You get me, I get I get to do your customized plans. There's a little bit more uh, support there and a little bit more customization and personalization and obviously more access to me, even though I'm available to all of you through DM. So again, you could make this happen on your own by using these principles that I just talked about, by using the free content that I have on Instagram and the webinars that I've done. But I want you to stay informed so that you can make informed decisions and you don't have to suffer the way that I did for so many years. So if you want to get in the group for intuitive macros, we know where the links are in my Instagram bio or in the show notes, or you can send me a DM at Ashley K. Pardo. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day or night or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I hope you found this informative and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.